And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic and Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year and spent time with family and, and all that good stuff. I know I missed you guys last week, um, but uh, it was good. It was good taking time away from politics entirely. Uh, but uh, back at it, first episode of 2023, and we did our... 2022 year in review podcast and award show uh, i was joined by my friend andrew beck and i think you guys are really uh i think you guys are really like it this is one of my favorite podcasts to do every year where we recap the last year and give out some awards i think you guys will enjoy it before we get to andrew guys if you haven't already uh please follow us on twitter at no gimmick spot please subscribe on itunes soundcloud uh, spotify wherever you get your podcast make sure to subscribe if you're an apple user please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review i'd really appreciate that and if you'd like the show and want to get involved you can support us monthly over on patreon patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast all right without further ado the great andrew beck all right guys we're here with my brother andrew beck for our annual year in review show Andrew, thanks for joining me today, brother. Uh, Brady, flattered that you would ask me to recap such an awful year. <laughs> it was a wild year, man. You know, wars and rumors of wars abroad, uh, dystopian authoritarianism at home, losses at the ballot box. Our money is essentially worthless at this point, but some good stuff happened too. We'll, we'll try to highlight that stuff too, but, you know, we're going to get to our awards in just a minute, but... Just before we get started, I'm I'm pretty happy to turn the page on 2022. I'm not going to lie to you. What about you, man? Oh no, I I, th- I think that ultimately, one year uh, is 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 um, a continuation of the, the, this 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 watershed, right? There's like a watershed moment, and then we're kind of in the overflow of 2020. And I think most of the 20s are going to just be defined by how this decade started. And uh, so and and like. Uh, uh, someone on Twitter said recently, they're like, we need to start calling this 2023, but like, you know, part three, because right. we know that the third one in the trilogy is always the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's a case to be made. We're still on, you know, year seven or eight of uh, 2016, <laughs> you know, after the political landscape changed in 2016, it seems like nobody can really let it go. Republicans can't let it go. And Lord knows Democrats can't let it go. They're still... I don't know, trying to get at Trump's taxes or some such nonsense, but I, I'm ready to put all of those those years in the past and move forward, man. But first award um, is just what surprised us most this year. And by the way, uh, for everybody listening at home, Andrew and I did not discuss our answers to any of these questions beforehand. So I'm, I'm hoping to be surprised. I'm, I'm hoping we don't all, you know, choose we don't choose the same exact things for every category. Uh, I don't think we will, but uh, you start us off, man. What what story or what event, anything, however you want to define it, what surprised you most about 2022? Well, I'm, I'm tempted to say the midterm losses by the Republicans, that there was no red wave. Frankly, we, we sort of saw that coming a couple months out. The big thing, I think, was how easy everyone sort of pivoted a bit 
on the whole COVID thing. We, we, we were saying that there was going to be this security state. There was going to be uh, well, uh, the uh, biomedical security state, as this guy, Cariardi, uh, 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 calls it. But the whole COVID thing kind of just went away. It kind of just faded. They kind of are just pretending it didn't happen. And in some cases, it's, well, okay, you know, maybe we shouldn't have done lockdowns. Well, maybe, well, maybe, well, maybe. But for the most part, they're not even claiming victory. They're not even saying, hey, it all worked. All of our measures were successful. They're just kind of not talking about it. Yeah. And that's been surprising. That was surprising about 2022. After all that was going on in 2020, 2021, we kind of turned the page and then it becomes, hey, nothing yeah, ever man. happened. Yeah, man, that's a good one. That, I mean, that's a great point. And I uh, I noticed that too in September. Me and my wife went to Europe for a couple of weeks and um, spent some time in Paris and London, Dublin and Belfast. And yeah, I was expecting to see, you know, that was my first time overseas. And, you know, just a, an American from the Midwest, when I think of, let's say, Paris, I, I was expecting to see everybody wearing a mask. You know, it's a very, you know, liberal place and everything. I was expecting, you know, the COVID nonsense to still be, you know, dialed up to 10. Nobody. I mean, there's far less people wearing masks in Europe than there are in the United States. Uh, I don't know what that says about the, about us here, but um, but yeah, it's it just people really moved on, and not just here, you know, overseas where you know I, I really thought Europe was going to try to hold on to the the COVID authoritarianism a lot longer than than we did here, but not really. People just moved on. Um, for me, I think what surprised me the most was the Elon Musk buying Twitter thing. I just didn't think it was actually going to happen. Um, you know, all the talk about it, but I, I just I don't know. For some reason, I just never really believed it was going to happen. Because we've never seen an institution be cleansed of leftist regime control before, you know, and it's like it's not that Twitter's like a huge deal, like a very small percentage of Americans are even on Twitter, but it was still a massive tool the regime used to spread propaganda, and now they can't, you know, they lost that ability, and we've just never seen the left lose control of an institution before of anything, you know, they they like progressivism, it just absorbs everything. It just consumes everything it touches. They absorb power. Like, all they do is destroy, destroy, destroy. They never seem to lose their grip on anything. Like, when the Democrats take over, it's over. I mean, look at the FBI. Look at government schools. Like, there's no turning back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those those institutions aren't salvageable. And we've just never seen, we've never seen them lose power over anything before. So that, that definitely did surprise me. Yeah, same here. I think that the... Elon Musk's story isn't about showing everyone what we already knew. So much, so much of, of what the Twitter files have revealed, we all sort of uh, had known it. You didn't have concrete proof, but you know, our lying eyes were not deceiving us right. in, in seeing how the bias was operating and what that pipeline and what that channel was between. Uh, the federal government and their yeah. various agencies and social media, big tech media, it, really social media turned into traditional media in the yeah. sense of there's way too much cooperation with the government. The First Amendment is sort of a joke now. Uh, it's it's not actually enforced. Um, but But Musk showed us that these institutions are weaker than we give them credit for. 
If you have enough money, everyone has their price. And it just, it, it matters about how much and who the seller is or, or who the buyer is. Yeah. And so Musk was able to sort of take from the libs to own the libs. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the, 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 and I, you know, he, he, he then is a lib himself. Right. I, I think that's part of the key. He was able to chart his way from, from normie C, um, and kind of hide his, uh, his, 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 his true motives long enough so that he could deal a real blow against the regime. Yeah. And these institutions are, 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 are weaker than we give them credit for. When you go in and you realize that, hey, like 75% of the Twitter staff are basically redundant and you don't need them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and like they, they're, they're, they're being given free lunch and dinner and not even using it. They have this massive office and they're not showing up to it. They, 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 they actually can't code and they're working on a tech platform. <laughs> and, you know, look, like there's, there's, there, there's, there's something to be said for a place like Google where it's assumed that everyone at Google can, can, can code. I mean, they're, they're people who come from engineering backgrounds, but Twitter uh, really left its, its, its core mission. Its purpose. Yeah. It's, it's, purpose. it's reason for existing. Yeah. And, and then, right, turned into a bullhorn, not for the people, but a bullhorn for certain people who then could control what other people had access to, what they're able to talk about, and uh, what what they were able to to listen to. And 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 so Musk making that move, I mean, yeah, was it to great personal loss? Totally. Is the regime going to make him pay for it? And are they making him pay for it? And will they continue? Yeah, sure, sure. Of course. But he was able to show everyone that it's possible it's possible to take down one of these institutions yeah i mean we showed it, it just proved that they bleed too you know and you saw it just the reaction from all the journalists you know just just screaming and crying and freaking out because they now controlled 98 percent of the flow of information not 100 percent. right you know what i mean but i mean right. it, you, you can tell just by the reaction of the democrats that were over the target um how about something positive man let's go to our win of the year our dub of the year um, what was the biggest win this year, however you choose to define it? Well, man, we, I guess we've been talking about it, but I was going to say Elon Musk. I, I think that the the Twitter purchase, for whatever it meant financially, you know, money is money's fake. Okay, yeah. you, you, you know, easy come, easy go. People can can lose billions on the stock market, or you can lose billions actually doing something, like yeah. actually trying to challenge an institution trying to transform it, uh, trying to win it back from your opponent. And I think Musk did that. And I, th I think that alone, could he have managed things better? I do, do. I think that even his own understanding of how media works needs help. I think the, the idea of what a brand is and how to cultivate it and, and what things like the blue check mark and what things like uh, 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 like uh, paid subscription service and what purpose even the traditional media uses Twitter for and wants to use Twitter for, uh, and then how he can then gain some reciprocal value from them. I think he's lacking on it, but at the very core of it, it's a dub. It's a huge win yeah. for just normal, uh, uh, sane, good people. Yeah. 
No, I I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, for me, I got to go back to the Dobbs decision. You know, the the finally the death of Roe v. Wade. Um, and yeah. I don't really care. I don't really care if it quote unquote hurt Republicans in the midterms. Although I actually don't think that that's the case at all. Same. Um, I don't even I don't even think that was a, a drop in the bucket. But even if that were true, right, let's just give that ridiculous argument. You know, we'll just play devil's advocate. Say that's true. I don't care. I mean, I mean, millions of babies have been slaughtered uh, because of that evil, nonsensical Supreme Court decision. Um, and now states can make up their own minds the way the country was supposed to run, you know, originally. And, you know, I, in, in a lot of areas, it's not a win at all. I mean, you know, in Democrat run states, you know, you see California, Michigan. Yeah, it's only um, going to get worse. It's going to get worse. I mean, they're going to force taxpayers to fund infanticide. I mean, you're going to see taxpayer funding of, of post-birth abortions in, in California. You know, you're going to see right. some really evil stuff. But normal free states like, you know, Texas, who, who essentially banned abortions unless there's like a, a risk of risk to the mother's life or something like that or a rape or something like that. Um, you know, in, in Texas, you've seen a, a 90, over a 95% drop in the abortion numbers. I mean, that's tens of thousands of children who will get to live um, yeah, that's just Texas. You know, Ohio has a heartbeat bill. It's held up in court right now, but it, it'll it'll come into effect here very soon. Um, yeah, I, I can't I can't think any of anything more consequential than letting the most innocent among us have a chance at life. So um, yeah, and I, they're, they're, that that yeah, could have been huge. that could have been my thing that surprised me the most too, because like literally <laughs> up until that morning, when you know, even after the the leak, right, when they leaked, um, the Democrats leaked. Um, uh, which justice was it? Alito, um, his decision to the press. I still, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't think it's going to happen. I was like, I think Alito or enough of these justices will will cave to the threats. Obviously, they were all getting death threats. A man right. tried to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh. I was like, they'll get to one of them. They'll either kill one of them. The Democrats will kill one of these justices. Um, or they'll just scare them bad enough. You know, I, I just, I never thought in my lifetime I would see the day. So it's surprising and, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, I can't think of a bigger, bigger dub than, you know, letting generations of Americans have a chance to live. So I, th- that's a great point, and I'm 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 glad that I didn't bring it up too, because I I, I think it 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 uh, it speaks to what I'm talking about with Musk. Sometimes it's these psychological blows that are more needed rather than ones where it's oh well will will this fix things? Will this completely fix things? No, there's plenty of work left to do. On, on, on all these fronts, whether it's technology and the economy or whether it's abortion. And I'm just, just, just fundamentally speaking, how do we uh, preserve life and how do we enhance it and how do we make it better rather than it, it, it getting progressively worse to the point where now people don't even want to have kids. Forget about ab- abortion. Pe- people, like, we, don't even, we don't even want to... Uh, bring any kids into the world because we think it's so terrible. And frankly, we think that everyone else is so terrible. We're not even going to enter into a relationship with them where a, where pregnancy is even possible. Right. I, this is this. Uh, these are the kind of things that we're up against right now. So sometimes moral victories. We 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 call them moral, but really they're psychological victories. And sometimes it's just something that gives you hope that change is possible. And then communicates, of course to the opposite side, that change is possible, that you are not in a, as secure a position as you think you are. And uh, that, right, like 
nothing better than in the highest court of the land to make a decision that's essentially uh, one that is a moral decision. One is one that is, you know, we, we, we have debated this over and over and people say, follow the science on, 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 you know, on all these other uh, areas, except for abortion. We're stuck in the, in the stone ages when it comes to yeah. abortion and yeah. they don't want the science to advance anymore. There's tons of ways now to get pregnant. We can do this and we can do that and we can do artificial wombs and we can, all, all this different stuff. But for some reason, we're still stuck with you need to vacuum out and collapse the skull uh, of this living child. And, and, and uh, yeah, there's just there's just no way out of it. Yeah. And it's because there's very entrenched interests there. Um, but it isn't just an issue of money. Of course, there's a ton of money that goes into the abortion industrial complex and and and, and then that whole scam. But there is something uh, there are there are are dark spiritual forces out there. Um, that that actually like this stuff, and so people are are very motivated to to hang on to this because for reasons they almost can't even explain because it's because it's moral because it's psychological because yeah. it's spiritual. Yeah, and a hundred percent, I I couldn't agree more. And on on both of these points, with with Roe finally going down and and uh, your win of the year with Musk buying Twitter, you know, I just utterly reject the defeatist like. You know, there's like the whole class of Republicans, and you see it all the time on Twitter, that are like these defeatist. I mean, it's like the the puppy that was beaten by the owner, but it's just the corporate media, right? And they're just so abused by corporate media that they're just, you know, right right after Roe v. Wade was overturned, you see all these like, will this hurt Republicans? Is this actually a good thing? And it's like, you know, with Trump or uh, Trump with uh, Musk buying Twitter, it's like, well, I don't know, tw- is Twitter gonna get even worse? Like, is could this hurt us? It's like. Some things are worth doing because they are the right thing to do. Right. Like, I don't care. Like, I do not care. Saving. Ch- we, we're both grown men, Andrew. Like, if we aren't put on this earth to save children and protect children, why are we here? That's like, as men, that is one, that is a main, that's God made us to protect the innocent. Like you just pretend, I don't care. Like it doesn't matter. Like, is it what? Could it, there be blowback? Could it hurt Republic? Who cares? Who can, and letting people speak freely, giving people the freedom of speech on the internet, that it doesn't matter what the ramifications of that could be. It's just right. It, it is morally correct to do that. Some things are just simply worth doing. And I just right. reject. It's like the, you know, like some of the National Review guys and like it's all these like, we, you know, weak, you know, chestless, limp wristed Republicans that write all these stupid think pieces about, you know, I don't know. People, abortion's real popular. Are you sure? Are you sure you want this? <laughs> yes, I'm pretty freaking sure, bro. I am actually like, yes. really positive. I'm yeah. very comfortable with what the Supreme Court did overturning Roe v. Wade. I have no qual. I'm not worried about it one bit. Well, we're we're also in a stage of the game here where we need to be rewarding the people who have invested all of this time and energy into. Uh, putting people into power because they, they want certain things. When we think of how long the evangelical Christian and the Catholics and, 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 and this moral majority, this, this, uh, the, the, the religious right or whatever we want to call it, how long they've been going for Republican candidates because they are apparently pro-life, but pro-life hasn't turned into anti-abortion and it became sort of just the end 
when the when yeah. when 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 that majority simply said we're now anti-abortion. We want anti-abortion candidates. We want anti-abortion judges. Yeah. And we're, we, we want people who will be on board with that. And at a certain point, you have to reward that group. You have to reward your friends and punish your enemies. Yes. And, 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 and so rewarding of those friends, I think, was a, was, a, was, a, was a huge dub for Republicans, even if all the Republicans didn't see it as such, they they thought they could continue the charade. Yeah. And Trump and frankly Clarence Thomas, Clarence Thomas is just the man. Yeah. And uh, he, he he they 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 made it so that okay, you have got to hold to your campaign promises. You if if this is part of why you get into office, you have got. To give your people, so that's so that they will keep voting for you, so that's so that they will keep being motivated uh, to 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 uh, donate to you and to campaign for you and to vote for you and to support you. You need to give them a reason to fight. Yeah, and this is like the first thing. This is like the first win from the Republican base, like in decades. <laughs> I mean, like, the last, like there hasn't really been anything. I mean, like there was like the. Bush cut taxes a little bit. Trump cut taxes a little bit. I mean, there's been like, you know, on the margins, there's been a few of these right. little little victories here and there, you know. But it's like, has there ever actually been like a campaign promise fulfilled? Not in a long, long time. Right. Not in a right. long, long time. Right. And and, and like that's that's what makes it, I, I think, very surprising, uh, which, which, is, which is good why you bring it up because – you you just don't expect these things from the Republicans. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. don't expect to win. Oh yeah, man. I mean, and I I'm I'm sure I'm sure that I'm more cynical than you are too. I, I'm literally an anarchist. Like I don't even believe government should exist. I think they're all evil, degenerate sociopaths. So it's just like I I vote for and and endorse like whoever I think is gonna like just be the least evil, you know. But I expect nothing out of these people. Like in my mind, like we've had. I mean, how many presidents we've had? Well, we've had 45 presidents. I don't know why they count uh, uh, Grover Cleveland twice. He didn't become a, a second human being when he won his non-consecutive second term. Uh, but we've, we've had like five good presidents, like Washington, Jefferson, yeah. Cleveland, Harding, and Coolidge. And Coolidge left office 95 years ago. Yeah. So it's like it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. I would, like I, and I, I, just, I, I have no expectations. I, I don't expect people. to be a good president. And I would mm. even argue that Eisenhower was somewhere in there but and, and i mean you know p probably even even nixon but you then look and all these people have black marks yeah. against them you know you say well can it be a good president and you are right that just looking at the ratio of just presidents who are either they, they were just for forgettable it's just that you, you you just did nothing you just maintained the status quo and thus led to decline yeah. Uh, or you had to manage some kind of crisis, uh, or you introduced crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're I mean, an I, actual. I, I, yeah. That's usually how how we measure good presidents is how they manage crisis. Yeah. How about presidents who don't lead us into crisis? That would be great. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we don't want to get too optimistic. Let's bring it. Let's bring it. Bring the podcast <laughs> back down to earth. Us normal sane human beings did uh, unfortunately take a whole bunch of L's this past year. Um. In your opinion, what was the worst one? Oh, the, well, the, the biggest L is the Republican Party. And that goes everything. And this is just con continuing essentially what we're talking about. But yeah. it is everyone from Trump all the way up to the leadership. Yes. The, 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 the people have sort of subsumed this whole 
America first, MAGA, populism, whatever we want to call it now. And it has become a meme. Um, and and the, 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 there, there is no such a thing as the MAGA establishment, except it's just a whole lot more amateurish and unserious than yeah. the actual establishment. Yes. And so we are faced with this, this really bad circumstance, a, a situation where the field is littered uh, with, with what I call um, fundamentally unserious people, yeah. fucks. Yes. And these fup-ups, they are just everywhere, and they will just fup you because they are fundamentally <laughs> unserious. They, yes. they, they, at their very core, see, you can have someone who is a mercenary, and they don't take this thing too seriously, okay? They're just a, they're just a hired gun. Me as a, as a consultant, me uh, having a, a consultancy, we do agency type services. If you're building a website for someone, if, if you're making something, you are just getting paid. And uh, the, uh, that doesn't mean we work for absolutely anyone. And of course we prefer to have people who you can believe in quote unquote, but at the end of the day, they, they, they want something from you. They just want a result and yes. they're gonna pay for it. And you're gonna do, okay, so, so, so you're, you aren't dedicated to this on the fundamentals, but you, you are, you know, serious. Uh, there's then other people who they are not this way. They are, eh, I don't really care, but you know what, it's fun. And they are just participants in it. They're kind of fans and fine. You can be part of the fandom. You can have an interest in this. But don't try to operate in this, okay? Because at, at the end of the day, politics is very serious. Just like business is very serious. You can have people who say that they are experts and gurus and, 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 and thought leaders and influencers on, on all these different fronts. And it's like, hey, great, you know, awesome. Like, you do you. You can be whatever you want to be. But the problem is when those people start to gain prominence and we, we then find ourselves in this crush between uh, these, these, these professional losers up at the top who they don't really care about winning. All they care about is, is getting paid. And then at the bottom end, these amateurs uh, who, are, who are just grifting and who are trying to get into this, but they're making it up as they go. Yep. And they aren't too concerned about actually winning. I mean, both sides aren't concerned about winning. They're concerned yes. about getting as much as they can out of it during the process. Yes. And that's why... They are fundamentally unserious people. They are fups. Dude, the per perfect. <laughs> Brilliantly put. And I, I agree. And, I, and my answer to this question is, is like more specifically the midterms. But I, I love that you just said the Republican Party more generally, both the Trump side and the establishment side, because that is absolutely true. And that's the thing. In the wake of the midterms, all of these massive losses, everybody, you know, it's either the America First people are just blaming Mitch McConnell and the establishment, and then, like, the more establishment moderate Republicans are blaming Trump. It's like, you are both correct. I couldn't agree more with both of you. I don't know why you can't open your eyes and realize that you're both right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, with all the money stuff, you saw, you know, with Blake Masters in Arizona, McConnell pulled, like, $10 million of funding and sent it to, I forget what race, it was like Alaska or something. Um, some race that didn't even matter. And, you know, obviously the America First people are all pissed off about that. I understand, you know, <laughs> understandably so. I mean, that was a ridiculous, evil thing to do by Mitch McConnell. 
And but the Trump Trump was doing the exact same thing. Trump did the exact same thing at the exact same time. He raised over a hundred million dollars and kept it all for himself. Yep. He refused. He endorsed all these people. Herschel Walker, uh, Mehmet Oz, JD Vance, and didn't send them a single penny. So it's like the Trump fans rightfully bashing Mitch McConnell. It's like, dude, your boy was doing the same thing, and vice versa. If you're, if yeah. you're, oh, Trump, oh, he's so selfish. He's all he cares about is running for re-election. He didn't even send money. Yeah, well, your boy Mitch McConnell did the exact same thing. Okay, you're both equally wrong. You're both equally unserious, which I think is the best way to put it. And the country suffers. And, I mean, just these midterms were an unmitigated disaster. I mean, we had the best political landscape for Republicans that I can remember, at least since yeah. I've been covering politics. Yeah. I mean, Biden had a 30% approval rating. Yep. Republicans could have they should have laid waste to the Democratic Party. I mean, the Democrats should have been relegated to the dumpsters of history. They they shouldn't be like after these midterms, the Democrats shouldn't even have been a viable option for the next decade. Like they should have gone the way of like the English Labor Party. Right. And just get 25 percent of the vote in perpetuity. But Republicans messed it up. We're expecting a bloodbath when, when, when the opposite team is surprised by how bad you did, like pleasantly shocked at how bad you did. You did really bad. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And like the establishment blew it, mostly financially, like like we mentioned. Um, Trump blew it by endorsing an absolute just trash heap of candidates. Republican voters blew it in the primaries by blindly following Trump off a cliff, by acting like, you know, collectivists, just like the Democrats do. Right. I mean, you know, reminder, guys, you're Republicans. You're not supposed to be the other guy. The left is supposed to be the collectivists that do whatever right. the, the party, capital P party says. You're not supposed to be like that. You're not supposed to follow dear leader blindly. But leave that to the Democrats, you know. But they did, you know, and we should have won enough seats to effectively end Joe Biden's reign of terror. But it didn't happen. And now Congress just spent another two trillion, you know, that our grandkids will never be able to afford to pay off. So just an absolute disaster. An absolute disaster. Yeah, and, it, then, and then now it, it's it, it's then now nothing then fundamentally changes. And and, and this is why we, we need to focus on fundamentals. The, uh, your, your, your point about we're supposed to be the opposite, but it isn't just the opposite in terms of like a mimetic. Oh, therefore, uh, like, you know, drag shows for kids. And we're against drag shows for kids. Like, hey. Sweet. Run on culture war issues. Yes. But on a more general, fundamental level, you're you're not the opposite of the Democrats. You're the antidote. Yes. You're saying there is yes. something here that's poisonous. Yes. And I am here to not introduce a new disease into your system. I'm not a vaccine. Yes. <laughs> I am I am a return to a healthy system. And yeah. and and that's what I think. At their very core, Republican voters, whether they are the ones who are seriously into uh, the, 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 the whole Trump, uh, um, uh, America first thing. Yes, of course, they're following dear leader or, or you know, we, I, I think that's an oversimplification. I think what they want underneath is some kind of return to a normalcy where they could stop caring so much about politics. This is a, a problem I think that a lot of Americans have is that most of us don't actually care too much about the operations of politics, but we all feel their effects 
and we all care about the effects of it. So we're very good at judging the results and just saying, I don't like the way it is. Let me change out some of these people here versus saying, how can I participate in government more? How can I be a part of the process? And how can I look at some of these fundamentals that are that are sitting just underneath the surface? And I think that the Republicans need to start with themselves. It's 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 like saying if if the church is scarcely saved, how can the world be saved? Right. Well, it's the same thing with the Republicans. If you yeah. yourself are 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 subject to the same types of corruptions and the same types of pitfalls uh, and, and, and are and are and are and are falling for these temptations as the Democrats are, you're not going to really be seen as a antidote. You're just going to be seen as the opposite. And frankly, it's a more distasteful opposite. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can't just be, and you're absolutely right. You can't just be, I, I hate the Democrats, I'm the opposite of a Democrat. That doesn't work. What are you going to do? Like, what are you actually going to do to fix it? And you can't just be the opposite of the Democrats, like you said. It, it, it's kind of a less appealing position to be in because, like, the Democrats control, like, all of media and Hollywood, and they have most of the artists on their side. They have most of the quote-unquote cool kids on their side. So it's like, oh, you're just... You know, you're the opposite of like the popular people. <laughs> right. Like, that's heck of a sales pitch, boys. <laughs> you really knocked that one out of the park. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. And I, I want to go to my favorite part of this show every year, and that is our mistake of the year. And I'm going to go first because it's kind of piggybacking off of the last one, going back to the midterms. Um, but I I I do a hundred episodes of this show every year, and then I go on a bunch of other YouTube shows and podcasts, you know, with other hosts. You know, I don't know how many hours of commentary, hundreds of hours of, of commentary uh, of mine is on the Internet every year. So there's a lot that I get wrong. Um, I get a ton of stuff wrong. I try to be as forthcoming about that stuff as I can. Um, so I'll, I'll get started. I think my mistake of the year is just I, I, I predicted a week before the midterms that Republicans would pick up 35 seats in the House and three seats in the Senate. And that was... Not close. <laughs> I mean, that was like, that was not, and I almost, I, I was being conservative with that too. Like in my, in the back of my head, I kind of thought it would be like 45 and four or something like that. I thought we were really going to clean up. I thought that voters would eventually start caring about the economy again. And it just didn't happen. Republicans picked up five seats in the House and they lost a Senate seat. They lost a freaking Senate seat. Maybe if Herschel Walker had a few more secret, illegitimate children to vote for him, that might have put him over the edge. But, I mean, my my goodness. I mean, I was I got that one dead wrong. You know, I, I talked about, I wrote articles about how voters would eventually wake up from their regime propaganda-induced comas and start voting based on their own best interests again. You know, it's the economy, stupid. You know, the old James Carville you know, line about the Bill Clinton's 1992 campaign. It's not. It's not the economy anymore. They, it they, just, it they just didn't really happen. don't care. They yeah. don't care. And the thing is, we have Joe Biden, historically low approval rating. And, and it's not just the approval rating. It's not just what the news says about him. This has been an evil presidency, man. And, and I'm not throwing that word around lightly. I mean, Joe Biden, this regime has been on a mission to kill as many foreigners as possible and make Americans as poor as he possibly can. I mean, from the botched Afghanistan withdrawal, prolonging the, the mm -hmm. Ukraine war as long as possible, continuing to fund the Saudis war in Yemen, even threatening, this is two weeks ago, threatening Bernie Sanders to stop the Senate vote on whether or not Congress should keep funding the Saudis war of genocide in Yemen. I mean, the Biden regime is standing on a massive pile of dead 
women, and children. And at home, our money is worthless. I mean, the regime says, and regime media says, we're facing, what, 7 7.5% inflation. It's somewhere in the 15% range if you just look at the price yeah. of goods year over year. I mean, gas, food, heating oil. I mean, it's all up, you know, somewhere between 20 sometimes 50 to 70%. The middle class is getting wiped out, and voters didn't care. I mean, voters are so susceptible to yep. regime propaganda that all the regime had to do is say Nazi a few times and the voters did whatever they, they wanted. Voters just did what they were told. I thought eventually it would come back to, holy crap, gas is $5 a gallon. But it didn't work. I mean, Democrats won on their hatred of Republicans and their hatred of Trump. They ran on, we hate Republicans. We hate Donald Trump. And it won. Enough voters, enough independents, enough women, enough minorities just hate Republicans that Democrats won huge in the worst political environment to be a Democrat since, I don't know. I mean, since, I don't know. I mean, it, was, it was worse. Since, it was worse. Since maybe they, never, yeah. I mean, they, they were in a worse position, the Democrats were, than the Jimmy Carter-run-led Democrats were in in 1980. Oh, absolutely. And and they, they still beat us. They still beat us. And I messed that one up, man. I thought there's no way. I thought there's no way my countrymen can get it this wrong, but they did. We are we are dealing in a time where and, and look, like what I said at the beginning, where we're now just in twenty twenty part three, where yeah. this 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 isn't about two thousand sixteen anymore. Two thousand sixteen made people think there was a real appetite for adventure uh, maybe in this country. Um, but, but, and, and that they would actually vote for very, um, you know, s- someone, really something, this idea, uh, of Trump. Uh, but, but we're simply not in that point in time anymore. Even as we can look at, at various institutions that we can say, wow, yeah, no, man, like Delta blow against abortion, uh, against the, uh, abortion industrial complex. And then, man, yeah, Twitter, you know, d- Took 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 them out and 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 sort of uh, cleansed the house with fire of of all this this uh, dead uh, uh, you know bureaucratic would be technocratic refuse and 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 struck a blow against the information industrial complex. But when it when it comes down to voting, see all the, the, these two issues are still quite niche. We we talked yeah. about how it's only for the very extreme people on the left, that they really care about abortion without limits. Whereas then most of them are kind of like, oh yeah, no, you should be able to have some level of abortion, but I don't know. I've never had one. I've never paid for one. I never know. So some people don't even know anyone who's ever had one. Yeah. Uh, where, and, and then on the right as well, it's there are a very large contingent of very dedicated people who want to see it end because they think it's morally wrong. And so the, like you, like, like, it's still somewhat of a niche issue. It's the same thing with Twitter. People, are, it's it, it. Both of these issues affect people on a much larger uh, scale than they realize. Yeah. But they're still pretty niche. And so when you get wins about this stuff, you can feel good. You can feel confident. But politics, especially national politics, you're dealing with the macro, not the micro. You're dealing with these larger ideas, how something seems, how it feels, how it sounds, how it tastes, the uh, vibes. And the Republicans, rather than providing this 
you know, not just an alternative. I'm the conservative version of this. It's like the people who are talking about parallel economy and, oh, we need to build alternative institutions and we need to align ourselves against the, 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 the dominance. Like, I, what you're talking about, you're talking about building a little outpost. You're, you're talking about enclosing yourself into a, a little camp where you can only grow so much because you're surrounded by enemies. You yeah. have to find a way to participate in the larger thing or else you are not going to survive this. Eventually, they starve you out. Eventually, the empire takes you down. And that, yeah. that, that, is the, that is the lessons of Rome and how they would operate. Uh, and I, I, we, we usually go into some kind of ancient uh, right. <laughs> uh, example when we do these things. But, but, but just knowing, at, for instance, how the Romans... Um, and then later on, the Normans used their encampments and castles. So rather than it being this is for defense, we are going to go into a place. We're going to uh, start this invasion or we're going to go out and then we're going to we're going to make camp and we're going to wait for the enemy to come to us and sort of a, attack us because then we'll have the high ground or we'll have defenses. And then our smaller numbers uh, will will be better protected, will inflict more casualties, et cetera. No, no. They use their encampments for as bases of operation to go and attack and to then retreat and recover and then go out again and then keep the enemy uh, 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 on their toes, guessing what was happening and fighting uh, uh, them in, in much smaller, more manageable chunks rather than waiting for these massive engagements. Whenever yeah. the Romans did that, they usually lost or they had these sort of pyrrhic victories where they they could no longer advance and 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 conquer more lands in the same way the normans used castles for offense not to hey we're going to just build this this castle here so we can just sit here and wait for you to come to us or starve us out no it's it's the base of operations that we go out and we we, we go forth and conquer from and so the whole parallel economy thing is is and i'm i'm, I'm ranting here but uh the the whether it's the parallel economy or whether it's how Republicans are beginning to really uh, make themselves feel and taste and sound, it's it's a it is a a a a a castle. It's a camp that is meant to be defensive rather than seeing it as a base of operations in order to grow in order to sort of take out the rest of the. Uh, the 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 enemy territory that you are clearly in. Yes, you have correctly perceived that you that that you that we most of us are in enemy territory. But uh, you're gonna have to play some offense here. You're 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 going and it, you know playing offense doesn't mean being offensive. It means being smart. It means yeah. choosing your battles wisely. That's what the it Democrats do. Knowing how you perceive yourself. Exactly. The, the exactly. De Democrats never play defense. I it's mean, if you're, talking about, if you're talking about building camps and castles for offense, I mean, they've turned government schools into facilities that turn your kids gay. I mean, like, literally. I mean, they've just taken over. They built a castle there, and now they're trying to chop your five-year-old's dick off. Okay? Weird. I mean, it's no, no, all yeah, offense like the, with these people. They never play defense on anything. It's all offense all the time. Yeah, this entire thing of queering. So, like, it isn't really gay. It's just right, we don't right, want right. gay. We want them to be queer. And this queer thing, it's it's this amorphous, uh, more of like a lifestyle. So it was like, oh, you know, but back in the day, it was, it's not a lifestyle choice, man. And I'm like, listen, 
the whole like whether you know the 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 whole phenomenon of homosexuality i i there 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 is some truth to that that there you were you're not totally sure if it's just a lifestyle choice if you're born with it of course that 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 whole gay gene thing was was debunked uh but 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 then this whole queering is absolutely a lifestyle choice it is absolutely based upon how you dress how you talk the words you use it's this kind of like subculture that's now a massive part of especially our young people's culture 20 something percent identify not as gay not as lesbian not as trans as queer and so now when we say okay hey look like why is this happening like why is it so many people now you are right because it's the schools it's the institutions they get to them early and all the way from preschool and sometimes the parents obviously like willingly submit their kids to this because they think that that's just like the way you know uh, uh but 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 then they then get to college and all they are are, are are given from that time on they get into corporate america and they're given the same thing it is just that that is the program uh and and, and like yeah like it's about offense it's yeah. not about defense 100 percent. so what does uh what did you get the most wrong this year I mean, look, is it is it wrong yet or is it not wrong? I, I think next year will we'll really prove um, and meaning next year as in 2024. I predicted that Trump was really the only candidate that could deal the type of blow to the regime um, that it needed to. Uh, I, I, I tweeted it and, and it, it got some some good. Uh, some good traction. People were saying, yeah, this is it. It isn't DeSantis, blah, blah, blah. He's too boring or whatever. And then as things started to develop and then really just summarized with, with me sort of working in politics uh, and, and, and uh, then seeing the results and again, encountering a lot of the FUPs, um, I was just like, you know, I don't think it's Trump. Like, I think Trump, like it or not, he's part of the problem now. Yeah. He's, he is... He is, and we all are really, um, treating 2016 like it's a moment to live in rather than a past to learn from. Yes. And this, 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 this vibe, this uh, taste uh, in the, the, the uh, mouth of the general populace who don't see themselves as, as very political, but they are cultural. They are very attuned to advertising, to branding, um, who... Uh, they they are getting they have received a very bad taste fair or unfair about trump they're not going for him okay that's just all there is to it yeah. I, I was talking on the way to the carrie master uh carrie lake blake masters victory celebration in um uh, uh, you know what was meant to be a victory celebration in arizona and i'm on the flight with uh, an operative from Texas, mainly a guy on the ground. And he and I were both like, ah, you know, cause once, once you've actually like been in it and yes, uh, uh, aside from the whole, we're going to win, it's going to be a red wave. The people who were really a part of it yeah. were like, this ain't happening. Like yeah. something is off here. Something is wrong. We'll be pleasantly surprised yeah. if we win, because we saw at how much appetites, we're simply not down for this memed version of what it means to be a Republican, a conservative, an American. And uh, uh, to their own uh, 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 defeat, to their own demise, 
the vast majority of Republicans, especially the ones who vote in primaries, very motivated, very into politics, and too part of this subculture of 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 of, uh, of, of like these, these, these representations, these memes of what it means to be those three things. And they've become the meme. Trump has become the meme. Yeah. You use memes. Yes. You never become the meme. Once you become it, you're, you're done. It's over. And yeah. No one it's will, all over. Will treat you seriously anymore. And, and that's where Trump has been. I think he has, he, he, he mismanaged even the drama that, that, that the, 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 the stuff with, whether it's January 6th, uh, stuff uh, o- over the raid, which was egregious. It was awful. All these right. things he could have been using like he used to, where it, it's it's now turned into an advantage. It's it's like a judo move where the other per- people are coming at you with all the strength and then you make it seem then yes. like, the, uh, like, like you are actually in control and that there is a distinct plan coming from, from this. And now I'm going to turn this into a dub. He never did. It seems like there's just been more of a retreat and more generating of, again, just a a meme like existence for him. And I don't know whether it's Trump himself or whether it's the people around him uh, or or the lack of people around him, maybe. But 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 that has that has shocked me. That has that 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 made me realize me calling saying that it's 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 really Trump or nobody else. I think I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I wish more people would admit that, you know, it's just so many people are still stuck on 2016. You're absolutely right that that was a moment in time. And every politician has every winning politician has a moment in time. And that just does not last. I mean, like you can't if Ronald Reagan came back to life and ran right now, he would lose. Right, if Calvin Coolidge came back for, life and for him. like if Teddy Roosevelt, if Abraham Lincoln, anybody like times just change. Okay, like cometh Trump, the hour, cometh the man. Yes, we need another man yes. for this hour. Yes, and it just doesn't. And it, whether it's Trump personally or the people around him, I think it's a combination. Um, obviously, he just has terrible people around him right now. Just grifters, people that want to keep bleeding him dry of cash. Or just bleeding his donors. I don't think Trump's really self-funding anymore. He's just you know, he's getting a lot of money from donors um, and just paying these idiots that just don't have anyone's best interests at heart. Um, and he just he can't get over himself. He can't get over 2020. Oh, I won. You know, I you know they cheated. I really won. They should overthrow the Constitution and install me as president. It's like, dude. And like, even if you believe that, even if you believe that the voting machines in Georgia and Dinesh D'Souza's stupid movies all real and, you know, all the votes are fraudulent. And all, like, even if that's like, yeah, do the Democrats cheat? Of course they do. They're Democrats. Of course they cheat. OK, did they cheat enough to swing the results of the election? I have no idea. I honest to goodness have no opinion one way or the other. I do not know. But it does not matter. And I keep telling Republicans this over and over. And I get so much hate mail. It does not matter why Trump lost. It does not matter why Trump is unpopular. But the Democrats beat them. They beat them. They convinced every freaking woman in the country to never vote for Trump ever again. They convinced every single black person in the country to never vote for Trump again. Every single, like, upper middle class suburban white guy. We don't we we ignore that about uh, the the both the, the, the 2018 midterms and then the 2020 election. Yeah. White dudes who were of a certain economic class in certain areas of the country turned against Republicans and against Trump. And 
you like there's 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 one there's some some pretty uh, uh you know simple you know, issue based argumentation for that such as the capping of the salt deduction we don't realize how much in blue states or in like those those borderline blue states like Indiana how yeah. much that mattered yeah. to these upper middle class people because they counted on those tax returns they've been able to write up the insanely high taxes that they are paying whether it's property taxes income tax sales tax from being in these uh you know uh, uh you know upscale metropolitan uh uh you know blue states that have these huge social programs that sort of support all this this the, the, the this this programming and, and all this uh expenditure that they have going on now you're capped at ten thousand dollars a 2017 tax law paul ryan engineered it it was actually great i mean for the economy and people might argue with that i think it was awesome but right. it was that one issue because see taxes actually went up like we actually collected more taxes than ever before even though we dropped taxes and we introduced very high uh, child tax credits it, it, it because it it got rid of salt yeah. But now you have these people who they are feeling this now on a very keen level. They just can't pick up and move like the uber wealthy can. The uber wealthy were already packing up and going down to Florida while just keeping their other home in Manhattan yeah. or, or, or in Martha's Vineyard or whatever. But, but these people can't. And right. so they punished the Republicans in the midterms and they punished Trump. If Trump had maintained those people, because, yes, that, that's, that's very issue specific. But then there's just the general vibe. He got annoying. Okay. Yeah. After a certain time, your shtick, it's like as an entertainer, you have to evolve your routine. And Trump yeah, ultimately is, a retain, uh, is an entertainer. But if you retain too much of your old material, you need to introduce new material. You need he's, to even begin to shift capable. your image as you not... age, as, as the, the, the things change. And he hasn't done that. He's just playing the hits. He and refuses. Who, plays, who, who, who loves playing the hits? Boomers. Boomers love to, to listen to all the classics. Just play that same thing again. Nothing different, nothing new, nothing uh, relevant, nothing that has anything else introduced into it. Just give me the same thing over and over again. And yeah. like, that's what's going to happen. And that's what is already happening with Trump. The people who are part of the fan club will remain parts of the fan club until uh, they realize this is kind of over. This is kind of... Uh, uh, the, uh, 2016 was magical. It was it was something that was happening, and and it was it was it was it was an hour where um, people felt like this was a, a a a true moment to strike a blow against the regime, and they did. It was awesome. We're now in a different moment, yeah. and we, we we need to evolve. Trump needs to evolve, and I don't I I I think it's too late. I do. I, I'm. I'm not putting it past him because, frankly, I doubted him before. I've doubted him multiple times. And somehow he just exceeds expectations. But this time it, it, it like feels like the expectations even for himself are lower. He's not even coming anywhere me. close. He's not coming anywhere close to meeting expectations. I mean, he's not even in the same ballpark. And, like, and you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, man. But um, I, what Republicans need to understand, and I—, I I've had a million of these conversations with with other pundits and stuff off the record. It doesn't matter why. It does not matter why Trump is unpopular. It it doesn't matter. You could believe every single thing Trump says about the 2020 election. You, you can think that January 6th was good. 
You know, like you can think anything you want. You can just love Trump. But it doesn't it doesn't matter. You can you can think that he's done absolutely nothing wrong. He's running a great campaign right now, releasing digital cards with his face on it. Where it was a brilliant strategy. Like you can think that the man walks on water. But it does not matter. It doesn't matter if He's done nothing wrong, and the only reason why he's failed is because the Democrats used propaganda and big tech, and they make up lies on CNN, and it's all the Democrats' fault. So, so what? They won, did they not? <laughs> okay. Right. If you're in a duel with another guy with a six-shooter standing 50 yards in front of you, and the dude cheats and pulls his gun a second too early and shoots you in the face, what do you do? Complain that the guy cheated? No, you're dead. It doesn't matter. I mean, they right. won. They beat Trump. They came at the king, and they shot him in the face. Yeah. They won. It, yeah. They could have won fraudulently. Like, no they could have won based on lies and propaganda, but they won. They beat yeah. Trump. Trump is yeah. dead. Like, Trump, they beat him. Trump had this myth of invincibility. This is a great point, actually. Trump had this air of invincibility. He was the Teflon Don. None of these scandals were sticking on him. Most of the stuff was because, oh, first of all, he wins in 20, he, he wins the Republican primary. He then wins in, in, uh, in, in 2016, huge, no one ever thought. And then all the different scandals and stuff, yeah, they distract him, but they don't go anywhere. They don't actually succeed in, 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 in taking him out or whatever. The best victory, the best blow, the real, yeah, shotgun to the face was losing in front of the voters. Yeah. Not with the regime taking him out. Frankly, all that stuff only made him look better. Yeah, when, when, oh, when, absolutely. When, when the political establishment, when federal law enforcement, all stuff, and that's, again, why I, I say he, he, he stopped using the judo moves um, when, it, when it came to the drama that was uh, being generated around him even after he lost. Like, for instance, the whole like election fraud thing, whatever, um, the whole January like. He, he could have used all of that so much better rather than it being about a personal grievance with him. And it then comes across as whining. Do you know who whines? Losers. Yeah, Losers man. whine. And, 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 and he, he, he took a loss. And rather than saying, hey, you know what? They cheated, but I'm coming back and I'm going to, you know, win, blah, 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 blah. Like he, he could have then, you know, transformed it. And the same thing with the raid, the same thing with. The, the, the you know thing that was going on with, uh, with with his tax returns, the same thing with Russia. I mean, you just name it, vaccines. But all this stuff, he, he seems to just be sort of sleepwalking uh, and, and then not actually taking advantage of any of the drama. He's, he's not the same guy no. anymore. He, 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 he like still looks healthy and everything, but either he, he has now just surrounded himself with people who aren't either letting him be who he is or he has too many other considerations he should have been back on twitter right now what is he doing not getting back on twitter the whole point the big thing about him being canceled about it's a president of the united states and they organized to deplatform him so that he couldn't get the message out about the fraud about blah 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 blah, blah. it's they it started with twitter he was the most influential person on Twitter. He, he, he revolutionized, he energized the platform. For him to not return like a conquering hero makes him seem like a loser. You yeah. look B-class. You, yeah. you can't look B-class. You need to be on your A-game. But, he, but the, 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 the rumor is he has a deal signed with truth. 
Oh, of he course. He can't of get course. off of it. I mean, that's so the only, now, because that's the somebody only... needs to make money, so he needs to make money. There's monetary considerations here. You've, you've put yourself into one of those defensive encampments rather yes. than playing offense from it. 100%. And that's what Twitter used to be. He used to be someone who would play offense from his Twitter account. Was it offensive? Absolutely. Was it funny? A lot of the times. Yeah, and that yeah. was part of the charm. It's the same thing with the campaigning. It's the same thing with, with you know, getting into the media. Stop talking about your losses. Take the L, fair or, or not. But all he can talk about is undoing 2020 and how unfair it was and how bad he's been treated. Losers whine. Get back on your A game and play offense. Be funny again. Be entertaining again. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be able to recapture some of that, some of that dragon energy. Yeah, man. I mean, like everybody mocks if, if, if some head coach in the NFL or some, you know, pro ball quarterback in the NFL, if, after they take a vicious loss on Monday night football, I mean, they, if they just whine about the ref, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like imagine Bill Belichick, who's won 5,000 yeah. Super Bowls. Imagine him like, See, we only lost because the ref. They just have it out for us. The refs, they're not fair. They're not fair. we got to investigate the league. The refs, they're mean. They're so mean to me. They're mean to me. They're so mean. The refs are mean. Yeah. That's the only reason why we lost. It's not my fault. But People that's are like, what's wrong with this guy? Belichick's and Tom Brady's. Yeah, no, but you say, it was, you say the won. buck stops here. You say the buck stops here. It's my fault. I'm going to do better. We're going to go kick their ass next week. That's yeah. what you do. You don't whine about it for years on end. And I'm, I'm going to go right into my man of the year. Um, and because we're going to keep talking about about this, it kind of piggybacks on what you just said. And I mean, my man of the year is Ron DeSantis um, for a lot of reasons. And we're going to get to the Trump reasons in a minute. But the man won reelection by 20 points. I mean, he won by point two points four years ago. He won by 20 points in a swing state this year. He won Miami-Dade County. He won Palm Beach County. He won Duval County. I mean, these heavily Democrat. I mean, like, I don't think a Republican has won Miami-Dade County in like 75 years or something. And and what he's done in office has been fantastic, too. I mean, he took on Disney. He protected the rights of parents. I mean, DeSantis is the real deal, man. And he's not going to be perfect. I mean, like, I'm a libertarian. I'm sure there's a lot of foreign policy stuff that, that he believes that I, I strongly disagree with. I'm sure there's a lot of things about him that I don't like. But he's been the real deal as governor of Florida and he gave Republicans a viable alternative to Trump. And, and like I said, I'll just, I'll, it's disclaimer after disclaimer here, but like, once again, Republicans, you can appreciate the good things Trump did when he was in office. I mean, I voted for him twice. I mean, I'm not this like anti-Trump douchebag on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like I voted for, I endorsed him on this podcast, but like you just mentioned, man, like Trump's time is up. He's not the man he once was. It's over. Like, the, the moment has come and gone. He's presided over three straight catastrophic losses in 18, 2020, 20, and 2022. And, I mean, now, I don't know if you saw this last night, man, or maybe two nights ago. Trump came out on, on Truth Social, this ridiculous platform that nobody uses. And he said he's, he's blaming pro-life Republicans for losing the midterms. He's like, oh, they, you know, they, they shouldn't have talked so much about banning abortion. Now, so he's going after the pro-life movement to avoid taking any blame for these losses? That's ridiculous. I mean, he's attacking Glenn Youngkin. He's attacking Ron DeSantis because he's a 80-year-old child who feels threatened. I mean, it's like, come on, man. This is not a leader. Not anymore, anyway. 
And he's, he's, he's just lost his mind on so many of these issues, and his base of support is shrinking. I mean, like the MAGA base, which was, you know, 95% of the Republican Party and maybe 40% of the electorate generally, that's whittled down to 20, 25, maybe 30% who are just these hardcore Trump people that will do whatever he says. I mean, that number is shrinking. And I, I truly believe, I wish, I wish that was not the case. I wish I was not convinced of this. But I am positive if Trump is the nominee, we get wrecked in 2024. I do not think Trump can beat Joe Biden. I think Trump would lose to Joe Biden much worse than he lost in 2020. It's, it's there's just the constituency is not there anymore. And with Ron DeSantis, not only do we have a guy who can absolutely give the Democrats what they deserve. I mean, he would absolutely beat the Democrats' brains in if he's the nominee. I also believe he's a guy that can take on Trump in the primaries and beat him. Because that's just how it works, man. I mean, like, you know, if you have a, a, a standard bearer for a party, either party, who only serves one term, I mean, they're, they're still the standard bearer going forward. To, and you got to take out the king, man. You, like, you got you to gotta kill the king to be the king, you know what I mean? And I don't think there's any other Republican, at least not one uh, who I'd, I'd be excited to vote for, outside of Ron DeSantis, who can actually take on Trump one-on-one and beat him. I really th- I like what DeSantis has done because Trump attacked him for absolutely no reason other than the fact that DeSantis is popular. Trump starts attacking him. DeSantis doesn't even acknowledge it. I mean, he's, he's playing this perfectly. He's not even acknowledging it. He's just going about his business, serving the people of Florida, making sure the free state of Florida remains free. He's going after the vaccine stuff. He's going after Fauci. He's, he's going after, you know, Disney. He's going after the groomers. He's just he's just working for the people of his state. He's not getting bogged down with the drama. And I don't know, man, I think he can actually do it. I think he can win the primaries. And if he does that, and that is a big if, because Trump is still popular with the base. But if DeSantis wins the primaries, he's a shoe in in 2024. I don't think there's a Democrat alive who can beat him. No, I, I, I think that with DeSantis, you're not getting just, oh, someone who can, who can win. All right, look, winning an election is important. But that's step one. And I think Trump is an example of it. As when someone actually gets in, what are they going to do? How are they going to manage stuff? Being the head of the nation, being the chief executive officer, essentially, of America, it's about managing the administrative state. That's the primary job function. The whole thing about conducting war and diplomacy. I mean, look, sure, but like you are not the pastor in chief. It, you're, you're not the motivational speaker in chief. You're not the comedian in chief. You are not the talk show host in chief. All those things are nice tabs. And Trump, better or, for, for, for better or worse, gave us all actually a real treat in him getting into the White House. And just, I mean, it was like reality TV. It was awesome. We, he would tell us all sorts of things. He would answer every question. He gave, he would take interviews from journalists. Look at all the people writing books about it because he talked to them so much. He's still talking to uh, Maggie Haberman at the, at the New York Times, giving her all sorts of stuff. Like listening to him even talk about what went on with these various people, usually in the Republican Party and just dumping on them these really embarrassing stories that, that he just throws into his rallies. Like that, that whole dynamic, just breaking down the facade that like the federal government is actually like, you know, this really well run, you know, this, this, this like thing. No, like Trump, Trump kind of broke down some of that facade and realized like, oh, okay, wow, we, 
we can actually see into what goes on in the government. Um, and it's kind of comedic and it's kind of sad and it's also kind of scary. Um, we're now back to what it was with Obama and what it was with Bush, where it's yeah. locked down, where it's the government decides what the media sees and doesn't and what they say and what it doesn't. And for the most part, journalists have just gone completely along with it. DeSantis, now see, like, look, the whole thing is people are wondering, well, DeSantis is, is part of the, oh, it's going to be like a Bush. But we're like, hey, look, I don't necessarily need to have the entertainment of Trump. Like, it was fun. It was it was a fun time for about two years. And then and then, and then it, it got old. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, you want competency. At the end of the day, you just want the president to administrate, manage the administrative state, because ultimately they are the most important branch of government. We don't have this equally balanced, uh, you know, three separate branches of government, the executive branch or this fourth branch that's adjacent to the executive branch and somehow overlaps with Congress to some degree, which is the administrative state, the bureaucracy. That is the most important part. That's your most important job as president. And Trump was horrendous about it. It, yeah. is, it, is, it is the control of personnel which decides where all this money goes from. Stop talking about whether we can stop spending money or whatever. Talk about how that money, how that faucet is going to be directed over the buckets that you want to invest in. And Trump was horrendous at that. Yeah. Just he doesn't he didn't understand that. Whereas DeSantis does. DeSantis understands that there are these various levers that you can pull when you are in a position of power. However, that may be, even if you have people who are hostile to you, you can pull these levers. And money goes from point A and instead or, or from bucket A and it goes into bucket B and that changes things. Hey, you replace this one person and then things change. That is how you administrate. That is how yes. you manage. That is how to be a chief officer of any entity. And I just need Republicans to grow the ability to walk and chew gum at the same time. Mm. You can like Trump as much as you want. You can like Trump more than DeSantis. You can you can think all of these things, and I disagree with that, but you can believe that, and you can also wake up, read the writing on the wall, and realize that Trump can't win. Yeah. You can think Trump is the greatest human being ever to walk the earth and still realize he cannot beat the Democrats. Mm -hmm. He can't do it. He can't do it. And if you want to pay less for gas and food, and if you want to be able to heat your home in the winter— and if you want our government to stop funding the mass murder of women and children overseas, if you actually want to see peace between Ukraine and Russia, if you want all of these things, if you want to actually take on the groomers in government schools, you actually want freedom to send your kids wherever they want to school, if you want these things, Trump cannot get you there because he cannot beat Joe Biden in 2024. Mm -hmm. It is just that simple. And it doesn't matter if, if it's by hook or by crook. It's over. Like, we need to have the ability to admit when we have lost yeah. and move on. Well, th this, is, this is why my man of the year, it is a bit ironic, but my, my man of the year is President Joseph Biden. Because President Joseph Biden, I mean, I have to acknowledge when my enemies do a good job. And not do a good job as in, as in terms of, like, managing the economy. I mean, what, what you said, that this is actually a, a, a specifically and peculiarly evil presidency. But he's still there. 
after doing all this stuff, it's it's he not crazy. only won in 2020, he not only weathered one of the worst first years ever, yeah. ever in a, in, a, in, a, in a United States presidency, not only then did 2022 continue this awfulness, the amount of uh, degeneracy, the amount of corruption, the amount of 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 straight up yeah murder in uh, you know overseas the 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 purposefully con- continuation of these uh, the, these these uh, these wars and these policies uh, at home which lead to utter ruin of 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 of, of people's lives. Yeah, man. he's still there. I know. He's still the president, and it barely touched him. It didn't matter in the midterms. Ultimately, people said whatever. He's just an, another bad old guy sitting up there in a, in a position of power. Uh, he, he mostly survived it all, even with an abysmal approval rating, even uh, being being completely exposed. I mean, the guy barely spends any time in the White House. Every weekend, he is out in his home in Delaware. Uh, we don't even know what he's doing, but the assumption or the, the speculation is he's being uh, shot up with like various... Uh, concoction so that he can go back out and actually like still basically just stand up at the podium. They're basically propping this guy up. He, his, 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 his faculties aren't all there. He can barely speak. It doesn't matter. He's still there. He's still in power. He's still winning. You all lost man of the year, Joe Biden. I mean, it's hard to argue, man. It's hard to argue. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And it must drive Trump crazy. And I get it. I mean, watching this guy, yeah. Like, there's no way this guy beat me. He can't even yeah. speak English. He's on drugs. He's, you know, he's getting all these people killed. It's yeah. I get it. I get it. He's even he's even undoing. I mean, what was it, 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 it's just it's just been great. It's been so great to see people who are progressive lose their minds over Joe Biden not fulfilling some kind of campaign promise that he made them. I'm like, do you know that the guy's a liar? Like, do you know that the guy's a pathological liar? He lies about stuff. I mean, this guy, George Santos, right? Okay, he lies about all this stuff. Look at all the different things that Joe Biden made up on the trail about driving a truck and stuff. Like, Oh, yeah. He never, he never did any of this. He lies about his own son's death. Like, oh, you're, 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 disgusting. Like, yeah. Do you have a genuinely horrendous human being? And it doesn't matter. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. I've never seen anything got like power it. And you don't. And Trump, you lost to this guy. You lost to him. And that is what Trump truly can't get over, right? It's like me when I play chess. You know when I get most mad when I play chess? When I lose to someone who's like a 1,200, who's just so yeah, bad. Yeah, I just yeah. knew, it, you know, there's no way that this guy beat me. I'm so much better than he is. Ha, la, la. And then I, 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 because what it is, it's looking at your own failures. Yeah. You, your, your own blunders become so much more apparent. I think that's what Trump is facing right now. He blundered in the re-election. He blundered in the aftermath of it. There's, there's, there, there has been successive blunders that he has not been able to recover from. And that's what stings the most. Because now the, 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 the byproduct which is someone else who isn't worthy, someone else who, who doesn't deserve it, getting the spot that you 100%. once have, that you think you deserve. You're 100% correct. And I don't even think, I don't think Biden's a 1,200, man. He might be like an 850. <laughs> I think that's losing <laughs> to an 850. I mean, it is like, it's so... I mean, that Afghanistan with, with, withdrawal was, uh, yeah, I don't know what kind of opening that was, but holy cow. 
Yeah. So let's give our uh, let's give a couple predictions. We'll each give a, a bold prediction for 2023. I I decided to keep mine positive just because there's a, a lot of negative to discuss when talking about the year of our Lord 2022. Um, but I think here's my prediction. I I think 2023 is going to be the year of school choice. I really do. Um, after COVID and the the government weaponizing schools to to you know help get Democrats elected. Um, under the guise of, of COVID stuff, um, a, a lot of people, and, and then of course just the degeneracy of the Democrats, you know, turning government schools into camps that are trying to turn kids queer and all of this, like we discussed earlier. I really think you're going to see a max uh, a mass ex- exodus this year. Homeschooling is already up 400 percent since the beginning of 2020, um, which is fantastic. I mean, if you go back a couple decades, like homeschooling was essentially non-existent. It was looked down upon. Um, oh, it, it, it was it was it was for like uh, it was it was for religious freaks. That's yeah, that's yeah, where the, the stigma was. Yeah, and it's up four hundred percent in twenty twenty. Um, and then we saw Arizona. This didn't get the the attention from the press that it deserved, but Arizona passed um, their school choice law, um, and and uh, Governor Ducey signed it into law. It just went into effect a couple months ago. Um, parents can now take state money and send their kids to whatever school they want in the state of Arizona. And, uh, I mean, that, that program has been extraordinarily successful in Arizona. I think it's going to be so successful that other states are going to follow suit. I mean, there's a lot of important, large states right now that have Republican governors and where Republicans control both houses of the state legislature, states like Texas, Ohio, Florida, Georgia. I think you're going to see some of these other states— important states um, sign similar bills into law. Um, I think you're going to see a massive movement in the right direction on school choice this year. That's, that's a, that's a great prediction. And I, I have a, a lot of reason um, to hope in that. The downside is for some of these larger states, um, it's, it's easier to enact school choice or, or ones that are, are, are like smaller, right? So like larger, more populous, wealthier states, um, uh, 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 like Florida, are 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 able to do school choice, and it and it's great. Or um, these more rural states like West Virginia. Downside to that is, in the in the places like Texas, there's this there's this split, where the more suburban communities. Uh, more metropolitan side of things, they all want school choice, but the rural, they don't want it because the school is a institution that they do not feel has failed them. And it's been around for generations. It employs a lot of people. If, if, if taxes don't go to that, if you don't make property taxes, go towards your local ISD, uh, there, there are going to be cuts. And then you're going to see this, um, this 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 fraying and this um, this this dissolving, perhaps maybe just eroding of an institution that you don't feel has failed you or or your your uh, kids. And, and so that's where the real fight is going to have to be is how do we persuade not so much the the opposite team, but how do we talk to the people who have genuine concerns and it? It's concerns that hit them on a very local level, a very personal level, where you make your, your money from, where your kids go to school, and what are your central institutions to your local community. That's, that's, um, that's something that's, that's just where the work has to be done. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so my my prediction, I mean, look, there's a there's a there's a black pill, or there, there's a, a a very um, uh, I mean, it's it's like hard to call this positive, but it's also not completely negative. Gotcha. I think that um, 2023 is going to show us uh, through the war that's happening in Ukraine, through the various rapid changes that were made in 2022 to the global financial system, uh, to the realignments that have been taking place, to the decoupling from China, to the supply chain issues, all these various things that we saw in this, in this post-COVID uh, you know, world, or you know, really during, during COVID, all this stuff is going to become very apparent to, to people. And, 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 and not right away. It's, it's going to take some, some more time um, but it's it is going to happen very fast. All of a sudden, people will realize there are food shortages, there are medicine shortages. That why are why are things now suddenly so expensive and not so expensive as in gas is five dollars. In in Europe, see, we think gas is expensive right now. Europe is um, like small businesses have to essentially close down because they can't afford just to have basic electricity. That's how expensive. It is, and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. We're going to see a, a, a winter um, that, that, that you can have people genuinely freezing in their homes because they, they can't use power. And all of the decoupling that they have had from fossil fuels, from nuclear energy, and are now uh, you know, putting it towards the more unreliable sources that can't support the type of um, – strain that is going to be placed on them, we are going to see things unravel really quick. And um, there's there's sadness there. There's sadness because there's going to be suffering. Yeah. And, um, you know, at, at the at the same time, though, sometimes things have to unravel for us to see the, the way that things truly are. The 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 the, the escaping of the from the matrix. Right. It's a somebody somebody has to be shown something horrible and yeah. that's what really convinces you man that's bad and i don't think 2022 i don't think 2020 really the 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 first you know two parts or i mean really three three parts of this of this 2020 trilogy um starting in 2020 really showed the majority of people living in the american empire and so this is just America and its, and its various vassal states, um, primarily in Europe, they, 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 haven't, they haven't suffered enough. And I know that sounds really awful, but there's, there is a, a, like on a, a very fundamental level that many poor people or, or people who are in other nations or people who have been ravaged by war, they suffer greatly. They, they suffer from things like hunger. Yeah. Like they, they suffer from, from, from things like not being able to have basic goods. Um, they, they, they suffer from not being able to travel anywhere. They, they uh, suffer on just really um, fundamental levels. And we haven't suffered like that in a long time. Yeah. I mean, I know the whole thing about, oh, Joe Biden making us poor. Oh, yeah, whatever. Like the vast majority of Americans don't suffer like that. They, they really don't. Um, I, I, I think a, a great example is from when my brothers were uh, cops in New York City, and they could be on one side of the street 
or, or one side of town or their 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 precinct, and they're in a affluent neighborhood of mostly um, you know either old school uh, you know kind of elderly wealthy New Yorkers or the, who usually artists or or whatnot who just are are kind of uh, there permanently, uh, and this this mix of this young transplant crowd who's mostly in, in this professional surf class, um, railing against cops. You know, it's basically like, you know, Black Lives Matter, all this different stuff. And they can then go to then to the opposite side of the street. I mean, sometimes it's, it's, it's literally blocks away. And they're going into these, you know, tenement slums, and you, you, you have children who are literally starving literally starving to to death in an apartment with both guardians. You don't even know who they are sometimes. Just totally strung out on on uh, drugs or not even present. And, I mean, just, just living in just abject filth. And then, they're, they're, like, do you think that the people on the other side of the street have ever experienced anything close to what is happening uh, in, in, those, in those slums? No. And therefore, they vote in ways they yes. act in certain ways they live in certain ways yeah. that 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 is that that is that is not influenced by suffering even yeah. though they're the ones who are claiming to be all about caring about others caring about the downtrodden care about people they they have had no experience of it themselves and therefore they don't know how to help them so so, so they, they they back all these things that are just wrong and that are that that, that only make this the situation go from bad to worse that they they persecute the the, the uh, people who are usually cops uh, in, in, in the case of, you know, these larger cities, that the cops are, are, are sometimes the only help that, that these various uh, downtrodden people will be able to receive. They have to be like these, these, these combinations of like mediators and pastors and like community workers, as well as also, yeah, having to actually deal with like violent criminals and, 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 and uh, you know, very disturbed uh, uh, basket cases who, who are a menace. To, to the to to to, to you know, quote unquote normal people and so in in this wise I think a lot of this stuff is going to come to fruition just like with COVID and frankly just like with the whole like Black Lives Matter thing we all jumped on this thing now I say we not me but this this whole uh, thing of the cops are racist that our system is systemically racist and frankly. You know, there's some truths in there that that side doesn't want to hear about how abortion is actually part of it. But any, anyway, the, the, the point is, is that you 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 have all these people who went along with this stuff and they didn't realize what they were doing. They didn't they didn't, they didn't realize how they were breaking down the 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 the, the, the structures, uh, whether it's a, whether it's these uh, you know, mental or you know, social constructs. That, that, that we need to have things like respecting the law, things like respect, you know, there's there, there's just basic things that you need to hold up in your minds in, in order to live in a relatively free society. People need to have a certain degree of trust in one another and in in their institutions. We, 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 we chipped away at these things in these last three years and uh, or in, yeah, and in, in, starting from 2020. Of, yeah, a and lot of those bills are going to come due. They are going to come due. And, and it's 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 going to hurt because the thing is, the Democrats, I mean, Democrats aren't interested in solving any problems, quite the opposite. They they view and you, you see this from the Biden regime and all their various mouthpieces, um, including corporate media, obviously. But they, they, they view everything as like a comms problem, like anytime they do something evil and people die yeah. or people 
lose money and stuff. They're, they're always, oh, you know, just we got to just propagandize harder. <laughs> you know what I mean? We got to spin it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to spin harder. And it, but it, it just doesn't work. Like, you know, we've been in a recession since, you know, about May, April or May of yeah. this year. And so what do they do? They just change the definition of a recession. They had Wikipedia. They had like the actual like di- dictionary <laughs> change the definition of a recession just so they could just claim that they weren't in one. But like that, it's not going to work, man. Like the gaslighting is going to fail at some point. You can't tell people that we're not in a recession as they can't yeah. afford food. I mean, that just, well, it just does not yeah. work. It doesn't but, but work see, anymore. This is, this is what things like COVID, this is what things like the Twitter files, and all, all these various things are, are showing us things that the way that we want the world to be, the way we wish it was, the way we wish our society was, it's, it's not. Now, that, that, that's just showing it for you know, right-leaning, right-minded people, people who are just in the right, quote-unquote. But there's a vast majority of people, a, a lot of normies out there, who they, they are – they aren't part of the regime. They're not part of the, 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 the source of these problems necessarily, but they're somehow a part of the, this, this movable middle. They can be moved to one side or the other. And they, they are the ones who, again, have not suffered yet. And I, I know this is actually kind of like Mark, uh, yeah, not, not, not Marxist, but you know, Bolshevik, I actually kind of think you actually have to make people suffer in order to make them buy on, you know, buy into the revolution, even if the revolution is the one that's causing the suffering, right? right so right. I'm not, I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying that the way that things have been managed, the way that things have been, um, uh, 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 the, 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 the realities of these things, eventually you can't spin it any harder. Eventually, yeah, yeah, Pandora's box is open. You can't put this stuff back in, and that's how it goes with trust. That's how it goes with, with institutions. You can, you can only make so many mistakes. You can only uh, miss, uh, you know, kind of manage a decline so far until it becomes absolutely apparent that that that, that you are the cause of it. This is the, this is the the state of things, and you are to blame. And people want change, and I'm 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 concerned. I'm 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 concerned because it doesn't seem like there's a really good antidote. There there's an opposite. We 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 talked about this, right? The Republicans or Trump or you know who whoever it might be. There's there there is the opposite of the Democratic Party, but really it is just the party. It's just the, the this this current class of uh, managers, bureaucrats, elites, etc. There's 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 competing groups. But it seems like the one that is getting most of the attention are, are, are just fundamentally unserious. They are, they are fups. And so I don't think, I mean, one, I don't want us to go into this stage where we, we, we reach the point of um, the, the, the corruption, the, uh, the, the failed nature of the state, of our system, et cetera, becomes very apparent to that movable middle. And there's no good alternative because... That's when you get bad movements. That's 100%. when you get people going towards things that you shouldn't be going towards that. But it's because they're desperate, because they're scared, because a, a not just a, a, a physical structure has 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 fallen, a, a a mental construct has fallen, and they now need to flock to something or someone who is going to make it right again, something that's unproven, something that is 
that 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 is um, potentially very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I, I couldn't agree more. And we'll, we'll end it here. Um, how about we all as people on the right? How about we have a New Year's resolution to ta- stop taking these fups seriously? How about stop taking fundamentally unserious people seriously? Because it has led us down a whole bunch of destructive paths, sometimes deadly paths. These, these people have no place uh, in government, in any, any kind of leadership. Stop taking these deeply unserious individuals seriously. They have not earned your respect, and you should not give them your respect. Um, well, Andrew, and, my brother, and then just be a be a serious person yourself. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. that's that's yes. like step step one, and then and then yeah, then you'll then learn who is serious and who isn't. That is the that is the, that is the best way of deciding who is and who is not a fuck. Don't be one yourself. Absolutely, and that doesn't mean don't post memes. I mean, please <laughs> keep making memes. Like keep making jokes. It's all part of it. That's all part of the 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 grand strategy as well, and it's important. But you can you can be funny. And you can find humor in the world of politics. I mean, because it's hilarious. These we have a dementia patient in the White House. I mean, we have you know, like Trump is a cartoon character in and of himself. Like that guy was president for four years. Like this stuff is hilarious, but it's also serious. It Make also gets memes. people killed. Don't become the meme. <laughs> yes, yes, Andrew, my brother. I had a blast, man. I know yeah, I kept right. it way longer. Th- I kept it way longer than I said I was going to, so I apologize for that. But oh uh, no, but that, that's just that's just me. Me me coming in into a meeting into a, a show. It means there's going to be two, three times the amount of time that you were thinking you were going to have. Well, God bless you, man. Let's do it again soon. Uh, I really appreciate the time today. Everybody follow Andrew on Twitter at Andrew Beck USA. Uh, he's a great follow. Um, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.